You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. <laughs> Time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Almost Friday. In fact, it's Thursday, December 11th. Time goes by quickly, the older that you get. Got a good program lined up today. Got a special guest in the studio. Lane... Pronounce your last name. Chaplin. Chaplin. Yeah. Like uh, Charlie. Charlie Chaplin. Just like that. Aha. All right. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough, and I am your servant in Jesus Christ. And uh, the job of Fighting for the Faith is on a daily basis to uh, dish up a biblical dose of daily biblical discernment. That's kind of what we do here. And uh, this is the uh, the radio show that your pastor may have warned you about. And I, I, I we have a warning ahead of time, and that is, is that listening to Fighting for the Faith may cause you to become dissatisfied with your church, especially if your pastor has decided to go purpose-driven, emergent, seeker-sensitive, or has bought into the Willow Creek Association of doing things. So uh, I, I warn you ahead of time because... Uh, we uh, we look at things biblically around here, and sometimes that uh, causes some problems. So, in the studio today with me, I've got uh, Lane Chaplin, uh, direct descendant of Charlie, right? Um, we're not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's still up for the debate. I see. Yeah. Well, uh, Lane is uh, about nine foot seven. <laughs> <laughs> you played basketball at Clemson? Is that what you did? No, I, no. I don't know. Yeah. Just uh, intramurals and stuff yeah, like I that. I see. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, Lane, uh, actually, he, we didn't bring him in here. have anything to do with his height or his sport <laughs> acumen. But uh, Lane is uh, is a blogger on the Internet, and he has a uh, a very, very useful resource at YouTube. And that's a, it's a channel that he's put up there. And you've, you're probably one of the most prolific video uh, bloggers, I guess is the best way of putting it. Not your own vid, not of you, right? But of really making some good resources available online. Tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel. Um, basically, the main reason I put it up is um, whenever I started, you know, really learning about the Bible, what it says, um, I, I was looking around the internet for good resources that would um direct me into you know further go, going into it further, right? And um. I, I, I thought, you know, I started looking around. I was like, you know, there, there's all these different resources. Wouldn't it be great to have one, you know, concise place where everybody could go and get, you know, a good, you know, biblical dose of what they needed? Uh-huh. Um, and so I started contacting different ministries, um, asking them if I could host their videos on my site. And, um, of, of course, all of them that I asked said that would be fine. Um, so I ended up uh, just doing that that way. Mm-hmm. 
Um, actually, Jim, our, our mutual friend, Jim Bublitz, he, um, that's he, right. Yeah. He had a bunch of good cross TV videos on and that's kind of what inspired me to. Yeah. In fact, in fact, uh, Jim, uh, his, a blog for many years was old com. Right. Now he, he's no longer blogging because his health has really taken a turn for the worst. Right. And, uh, you know, Jim, he was, you know, he just definitely, a a, a, a good soldier for Christ, if you would. Definitely. And despite his uh, his mental uh, disabilities and, and the, you know, the the disease that was racking his body, he would really spend his time making good resources available. So that's what inspired you. Right. So you, you're you're filling in for the fallen Jim Bublitz. As, as meagerly as I can, because those are some big shoes. Right. <laughs> so now, uh, it's kind of rare that we would have somebody like you in the studio. So uh, what's the reason you're in Southern California again? Uh, law school. Law school. So yep. you're going to be an attorney and a Christian. Uh, I, I'm going to try. I've heard it's an oxymoron. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I've heard. Yeah. So, well, best of, best of luck to you. We got Lane in the studio with us today. So, and, and Lane, what's the uh, what's the address if people want to look up your YouTube channel? Because it's, it's great stuff available online there. Um, it's YouTube.com backslash Lane Ch. Lane Ch. Mm-hmm. So YouTube slash Lane Ch. Right. All right. Well, slash Lane Ch. I'll put a uh, link up to it at fightingforthefaith.com and see if we can get, get some people to visit your channel. And uh, he forgot his own computer today, so we gave him the hand-me-down pink computer. That's <laughs> the one that we... Uh, we <laughs> looks, it's looks, ra- looks that's so one of the manly. advantages of being on radio. Nobody's going to see it. <laughs> yeah, the problem is is that I can see it. And, you know, <laughs> so, and no, no, I'm not kidding, folks. It's uh, very... That's a it's hot fuchsia. Pink. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and we punish uh, our male guests uh, with that <laughs> if they forget their own computer Bible. All right, so he's going to actually, uh, we're going to allow him to chime in on the state of affairs here, and, and we're going to do some email and see what he thinks of some of this stuff. So it'll be kind of a fun thing. And then, as promised, you know, he when when I asked if he would come on, you know, he said, "Can you can you help me out here? I really want to help review a really bad sermon." And so I saved out the Kung Fu Panda sermon. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's so, going to be a fun one. Yeah, so uh, we'll we'll get to that as part of the show today. But we're going to get to uh, a little bit of listener email and some news today. We have news, and we have listener email. Tom writes, uh, Tom in Kansas City, he writes, he says, Hey, Chris, Tom in Kansas City here, caught your Tuesday show with Joel Osteen. He says, you did a good job on revealing what an insipid milk toast he is. I, I like that little turn of phrase, insipid milk toast. You know, He's as bland as a, uh, as a Melba toast cracker. Anyway, uh, he, he says, but I have some, uh, but I have some somewhat against thee. He's writing now in King James. Uh, Tom, are you a King James only guy? Uh, just quite, you know, want to know. I have something. I have somewhat against thee because of your comments regarding why he is not worth the time to take that it takes to listen to him. According to you, Joel is not qualified to comment on what the Bible says about the economy because he's never been to seminary, doesn't have a degree in Bible studies or any of that. Okay, he says sola scriptura. Now, who, according to scriptures, qualified to teach or or preach the word? Now, this is a great question. Okay. Is there are is there are there some academic requirements? Shouldn't they be outlined in Scripture? What are the biblical qualifications to be ordained as a pastor? According to Scripture, must an ordained pastor be present to celebrate the Eucharist, or as the Lutherans might say, to celebrate communion? What are the qualifications to approach this communion rail? As he switched it into communion, let's we'll deal with the bigger issue here. Um, let's uh, let me answer this question this way. Uh, the Bible doesn't require somebody to go to college. It doesn't require somebody to go to seminary. But uh, that being said, and I'm not trying to use the verbal eraser here. You know, I did say the word but. So but. Gotta, yeah, yeah. That, that does erase <laughs> things. 
Um, in Second Timothy chapter two, since he was re- writing to me in King James English, I'll, <laughs> I'll answer him according to Second Timothy chapter two, verse fifteen in the King James. I like the way it says there. It says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth." How's that? That's good. Yeah, study to show yourself approved. Okay, so here's the deal. Okay, someone who is uh, called to teach in the church, first and foremost, okay, if they really truly have the gift of teaching, let them show that they have the gift of teaching by studying to show themselves approved by God as a workman who need not blush with embarrassment but is capable of rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that this doesn't mean that you have to go to seminary or you have to get a biblical degree. But if you're going to go a different route, then you still need to show yourself as somebody who is capable of rightly dividing the word of truth. So I believe somebody who is a layman, who is educated, who spends the time studying, understanding God's word, works with the biblical languages, can really show that they are capable of rightly dividing the word of truth. They would be somebody who I think would be qualified to hold the the, the position of pastor. You know, and it, it's I tell you, you know, we were talking about this earlier, Lane, when we went out to lunch, and that is that um, when you go to the doctor, okay. Let's say that, you know, Lord, heaven forbid, you know, I, they, I've, they discover that I've got some kind of a problem with me. Let's say maybe I've got a heart condition. And uh, the last thing I'm going to do is uh, hand myself over to be cut open by somebody who hasn't been to medical school. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. uh, if we're going to be that picky, I mean, it's just imagine how narrow minded that is, too, by the way, because I'm completely disqualifying anybody who might, you know, who might have a love for anatomy. Or a, a love for... <laughs> I can write medical books poetically. Or right, something. exact. Poetical medical books. You know, because it's not about the precision of the language in, in when it comes to the anatomy. It's about how poetic you can be, right? <laughs> right. Um, so when it comes to things as, as, as important as your own health, you, you want to have a good qualified doctor, you know? You know, most people, you know, they the diploma that's on the wall when they go into their doctor's office, you know, they don't want to see that it, that guy actually graduated from the University of Phoenix Medical School. Right. Okay. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Wow. Okay. And in fact, when I go to get my car fixed, I like to see that they're like, you know, a Mr. Goodwrench certified kind of guy. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So when it comes to my car, when it comes to my health. You know, I want guys who know what they're doing. And I'd be willing to bet those people that argue against that or against the, you know, uh, seminary view, they'd, they'd want that too. I right. mean, you know, if they didn't, they'd be. I, exactly. You know, I don't see them going to, uh, you know, going Bob to. Bob down the street, you know, who the sells t- ice cream to get exactly. his car work. You know, if, if, you know, if I, <laughs> if I need heart surgery, I'm not going to go ask the guy at the tattoo parlor to right, do it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So the same thing is here, and that is is that if you're going to if you're going to be teaching in the church, okay, study and show yourself approved. Show that you are capable of rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, regarding uh, regarding ordination, we Lutherans believe that an ordination, the call comes from a, a, a congregation, and that when a congregation calls a pastor, that call is as if it's coming from Christ Himself. Okay, and um, and in the Missouri Synod, we don't think that people should be. Uh, administering the sacraments um, without a proper call, you know that you don't do word and sacrament without that type of a proper call. So, and for, which kind of leads to a, an interesting thing in in the Missouri Synod, um, I can bear. I'm barely qualified to teach adult Sunday school. Mm. Okay, wow. I'm definitely not qualified at this point to uh, to be a pastor. Okay, why I haven't graduated from seminary. 
Mm. Okay, now they have they have routes that I could take if I if I wanted to, mm-hmm. and uh, in 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 you know the reality is is that if they were to like have a a graduate ex- exit exam like that you know from seminary I'd probably pass it in flying colors because I've spent you know since I've gotten out of Bible school I've spent you know my years studying theology and apologetics and and really out there mixing it up with people but at, you know it, it's still at this point I've got to show. I, it's uh, it's upon me to show that I'm capable of rightly dividing the word of truth before I can even be extended a call in, mm-hmm. in some you know in a case like that. So, and I believe that's that's a good thing. Now, of course, here's the deal: it's not a perfect system. Okay, there's a lot of seminaries that uh, I would s- say don't call a pastor if he's graduated from there because they've bought into. Um, you know, they've bought into a critical method when it comes to looking at the Bible. Uh, they, they, they've got liberal methodologies or they fall into the emergent movement, you know, stuff like that. Right. So just because somebody has a seminary degree doesn't give them carte blanche authority, you know, to say, hey, that person is – yeah, they, they have a seminary degree. That means they're qualified. The question is can they rightly divide the word of truth? Right. That's the qualification, okay? So it's somebody who has the gift of teaching – and somebody who is capable capable of demonstrating they can rightly divide the word of truth, which I think is a great biblical qualification. Definitely. Okay? But it's not popular nowadays because I, I'll tell you, I've met a lot of guys over the years who, um, you know, they were working at a job maybe as an accountant or, you know, they were a cubicle dweller. And they felt that they were being called into the ministry and they weren't – they had not studied to show themselves approved. And it shows in their preaching. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't matter because all you got to do is read the purpose-driven church, feel like you're called, and, you know, and then, you know, find a, a vacant movie theater on a Sunday morning. You can have church. All, right. all you need is a marketing piece and, and, uh, and, a, and a place to meet. Our, our friend uh, Ken Silva, he, he makes the argument whenever somebody says, okay, you feel this, that God told you this. He says, well, I'll just say, you know, I feel that God didn't tell you this. Like, right. where do we go now? You know, and that, where do they go? <laughs> well, what point do you, where, where do you appeal to? Right. Yeah. Subjective rather than objective. Right. And see, that's the problem nowadays um, is that, you know, people are ditching sola scriptura. They're not interested in showing that they can rightly divide the word of truth. Right. And it's all about the subjective feeling. What was really funny is uh, on uh, at the Museum of Idolatry, somebody got all bent a shape, out of shape about something I said, which is very com- a very common occurrence oh, at yeah, the Museum can, of uh, Idolatry. Yeah. And they said, who are you to question this person's salvation experience? And then I <laughs> read that and went, Really? <laughs> you know, I'm questioning their salvation experience. Is 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 that how we decide someone's a Christian? Is based upon the sincerity of their salvation experience? No, there was no. tears involved. It must have been true. All right. You know, well, there's people. There's tears involved whenever friends ended. I mean, what <laughs> does that mean that somebody saved because of it? No, yeah. no, it doesn't mean that. All right. So, um, so anyway, in, in answer to your question, Tom, and I, and you know, I don't, I don't know if this is a complete answer, but you know, when it comes to here's the deal, Joel Osteen has not studied which is problematic and i would be okay if he can demonstrate that he can rightly divide the word of truth but the problem is he demonstrates over and 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 over again that he is just he doesn't rightly divide god's word and he biffs it constantly because uh he's discovering the champion within you you know (laughs) you know he wants you to be a victor and not a victim so anyway so that uh, there there's the answer to your question, you know, you know. So I'm I'm all for somebody who hasn't been to seminary being a pastor uh, based upon the caveat though. They have to demonstrate that they're that they've studied to show themselves approved and can rightly divide the word of truth. And um, we were talking earlier too on, um, you know, 
Pastor Jim McClarty makes the point, you know, we, we trust doctors and stuff like that with things that are temporal, like our bodies. Yep. You know, we trust the mechanic with our car that's certified. Um, but why don't we trust somebody that's trained in the rightly in the word of truth with our ever living, you know, never dying soul? <laughs> yeah. There, <laughs> there's an important. eternal aspect of this. Right. You know, so by the way, uh, folks, if you think you're qualified and you're not rightly dividing the word of truth, uh, understand that uh, if there was a such thing as a spiritual malpractice suit, that uh, the, I'm sure you understand this as an attorney. Those will all be coming in at the on the last day. Mm. You know, all of those suits will be filed on the last oh, day. Definitely. So, um, you, know, you don't want to be feeding people spiritual poison. Mm. Question is: Is this person rightly dividing the word of truth? Right. Period. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our news. Are you ready? For, here's our here's our vintage news music. Here we go. All right. I'm going to start with a silly one first <clears throat> from the. Christian Post, we read, um, more religious groups are protecting baby Jesus using GPS units. <laughs> A sign of the times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if your church has a nativity scene outside and you have a baby Jesus, apparently uh, it's, it's popular nowadays for your baby Jesus to be absconded with. And so if you want to protect your baby Jesus, you might put like a baby Jesus GPS tracker unit in it. Subheadline: When baby Jesus disappeared last year from a nativity scene, village officials didn't follow a star to locate him. A GPS device mounted inside the life-size ceramic figurine led sheriff's deputies right to a nearby apartment. <sighs> a GPS device mounted inside the life-size ceramic figure uh, led him to an apartment where, where it was found face down on the carpet. An 18-year-old woman was arrested for the theft. Giving up on old-fashioned padlocks and trust, a number of churches, synagogues, and governments and ordinary citizens are turning to technology to protect holiday displays from pranks or prejudice. About 70 churches and synagogues eager to avoid the December police blotter jumped at a security company's offer to free use of GPS systems and hidden cameras this month to guard their mangers and menorahs. About 70 churches and synagogues eager to... Others, like the Hera family of Richland, Texas, took matters into their own hands and upset after their teeter-totter was stolen. The The family trained surveillance cameras on their yard and and was surprised when footage showed a teenage girl stealing a baby Jesus worth almost $500. That's an expensive baby Jesus. And uh, police have obtained the tape. They took the family Jesus, said Gloria Heria, a 48-year-old Catholic. How can anybody do that? <sighs> Where do you find this stuff? I've always wondered that. <laughs> like, I never see this stuff on my news feed, but you always bring it up. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, let, I'll let you in on a little secret. Okay. okay. I, I use a... Uh, a, a blog reader piece of software, but you think of think of the information superhighway as a uh, as a fire hose. Okay. okay, the information coming out of that in, is pretty darn uh, huge and fast, right? Right. And taking a drink from that fire hose could blow your face off. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I use a Net Newswire, which basically collects all of my RSS feeds for me, and then brings it down. To, it looks like an email program. So I'm able to, to literally scan through thousands of news stories and blog pieces every day to find the stuff that, yeah, <laughs> that really has, you know, that, and see, I, that's like I said, I, I, I have the spiritual gift of, uh, of uh, biblical dumpster diving. Yeah. So 
So yeah. So folks, just want you keep this little thing in mind in in during the Christmas holiday season that if you have a nativity scene and you would like to protect your baby Jesus, especially if your baby Jesus costs more than $500, you want to consider using a uh, a baby Jesus uh, theft recovery system using GPS. Also, if you're thinking about taking one, remember your Jesus could be wired. That's right. Uh, you know, it's theft deterrent. That's yeah, it's it's, it's theft deterrent. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine having to go to court on charges that you have stolen the baby Jesus? <laughs> I can't imagine being the judge on that and not, you know, I'm not cracking up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, it, man, I wonder how many years you would get for stealing, stealing the baby Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then here's my question is that if you steal a menorah or the baby Jesus, you know, is there any you know, is there any prejudice in the sentencing? You know, because you have to have it's ridiculous. Uh, So anyway, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they're recommending that you uh, get a GPS system for your baby Jesus. Wow. Okay, next story. This is from the Telegraph in the uh, UK. This is kind of interesting. The headline reads words associated with Christianity and British history taken out of children's dictionary. This is kind of serious. Um, so words associated with Christianity, the monarch, the monarchy and British history have been dropped from a leading dictionary for children. Um, Oxford university press has removed words like aisle, bishop, chapel, empire, and monarch from its junior dictionary and replaced them with the words like blog, broadband, celebrity, and dozens of words related to the, uh, to the countryside have also been culled. I mean, that means removed. The publisher claims that the changes have been made to reflect the fact that Britain is a modern, multicultural, multi-faith society, but academics and head teachers said that the changes to the 10,000-word junior dictionary could mean that children lose touch with Britain's heritage. Okay? Quote, we have a Christ, uh, we have a certain Christian narrative which has given meaning to us over the last 2,000 years. To say it's all relative and replaceable is questionable, said Professor Alan Smithers, the director of the Center for Education and Employment at Buckingham University. The words selected are very interesting. Uh, are a very interesting reflection of the way childhood is going is going, moving away from our spiritual background in the natural world towards uh, the world that information technology creates for us. An analysis of the word choices made by the dictionary lexicographers has revealed that entries from Abbey to Willow, and by the way, other other uh, words that have been axed are devil sin. Uh, and you know things like that; those are gone. Have been replaced with words like MP3 player, voicemail, and attachment. Okay, um, Lisa Saunders, a worried mother who has painstakingly compared entries from junior dictionaries aimed at children aged seven or over, dating from 1978, 95, 2000, 2002, all the way to 2000, says she was horrified by the vast number of words that have been removed, and most since uh, 2003. The children's the Christian faith still has a strong following, she said, and uh, to eradicate so many words associated with Christianity will have a big effect on numerous primary schools who use it. Um, let's see. Miss Saunders realized. I love how they spell things in Great Britain too. They have all these different centers. S e n t r e. Realized is r e a l i s e d. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I, yeah. You know, with the, I'm going to have listeners in the UK, and they're going to basically say, "We've got the right spelling. You Americans are the ones who mess <laughs> things up." And you know what? They're probably right. Yes. 
Okay, Miss Saunders realized words were being removed when she was helping her son with his homework and discovered that moss and fern, which were in additions up until 2003, were no longer listed. Apparently, they're, they've got a vendetta against moss and ferns, too. Uh, I decided to take a closer look and compare the new version to the other editions, said the mother of four from um, Co Down, uh, Northern, North, uh, CO Down, Co Down, Northern Ireland. I was completely horrified by the vast number of words which have been revo- removed. We know that language moves on and we can't uh, be fuddy duddy about it, but you don't call hundreds of important words in order to get a different set of, to get a different set of ICT words. And, uh, uh, and Anthony Selden, uh, the master of Wellington College, a leading private school in Berkshire, said, I'm stunned that words like Saint, Buttercup, Heather, and Sycamore are all gone, and I grieve it. My question is, why is this like a zero-sum gain with this Oxford Dictionary? You know, wouldn't they just be adding words? I mean, can you imagine, uh, you know, let's say you live in Great Britain, and you're a younger younger lad mm-hmm. and uh you, you know you're you're reading up about the reformation right right and you hear about uh the the pope claiming to be the vicar of christ right and you hear about bishops and you and you're reading this historical story and you read about the devil and sin and you're not sure what some of these words mean and you go to look it up in the oxford children's dictionary and they're not there right you know <clears throat> well, it kind of gets back to what we were talking to the other day about definitions and how words have meanings and how those meanings are so important, right? Vital. I mean, if you just you just throw in any words you want to, I mean, wh- how do you even relate what you want to say? Madonna, you know, she's famous for saying that words don't have meanings. Yet she used words or, to more, say words that words are meaningless. Yeah, yeah yet yeah. she used words to right. convey that message. You don't get it, <laughs> right? right. It's, it's it's rather interesting. No, I because you know, here here's the problem: is is that many of the liberals that I've read always make the claim that it's the, the, the victors who make the rules or who write the history. Mm. You know, so history is written by the people who, who win the wars, right? So all of a sudden, we've, we're having a historical rewrite. Mm. And somebody there in the UK working on this Oxford Junior Dictionary have decided that certain words are just not worth knowing anymore. And you know, we're going to replace them with more relevant words. I mean, well, they if they doesn't that kind of refute their argument though, like self refute their argument, like they're saying that the people that won the wars are the ones that are rewriting the things. Now they're rewriting them. Are they saying that? Yeah, they won the war. Right. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. apparently they've won, and they're in the UK because uh, words like bishop, uh, vicar, sin, devil, um, they're no longer available to uh, kids who who use this Oxford University Press Junior Dictionary. Okay. Apparently, they have a rule: only ten thousand words, and the words we want in there are the ones that we write. Uh huh. <laughs> why? Again, my question is: why is it a zero sum game? You know, why is it that we have to have this cutoff, and we're going to put an MP3 player? Kids already know what an MP3 player is. Right. Okay. They don't know what a vicar is, and many of them don't know what sin is. Isn't that the whole point of a dictionary? Is to learn words you don't already know. Hmm. <laughs> But yeah, but that that doesn't make them. That means that they're irrelevant. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, well, our our dictionary is so relevant. We've got words like a email, <laughs> attachment, MP3 player, and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man, it, this is. Um, so let me let me read some more of the words that have been taken out. Carol, crackler, holly, ivy, mistletoe. 
Um, Abbey Isle Bishop Chapel, Disciple Minister, Monastery Monk Nun, Nunnery Parish, Pew, Psalm, Pulpit, Saint, Sin, Devil, and Vicar. Those are all taken out. Okay. Also, words regarding the monarchy, Coronation, Duchess, Duke, Emperor, Empire, Monarch, and Decade. Wow. So they don't want people to have, uh, to understand their, even their own history? Apparently. <laughs> wow. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. Um, other words that were taken out, Beaver, Bullock, Cheetah, Colt, Corgi, Doe, Drake, Ferret, Gerbil. You know, Cheetah? They're, they're anticipating the extinction. Of <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Goldfish, <laughs> guinea pig, hamster, heron, herring. Leopard, lobster, magpie. Those are all gone, too. Stork, terrapin, thrush, weasel. Now, I think weasel is an important word to keep in. <laughs> you know, so just looking at this, um, and so here's here's the words that were put in, in its place, because this is a zero-sum gain Bible. I mean, not Bible, dictionary. Blog, broadband, MP3 player, voicemail attachment, database, export, chat room, bulletin, bullet point, cut and paste, and analog. A celebrity tolerant vandalism negotiate interdependent creep citizenship childhood conflict common sense debate EU uh, draft brainy boisterous cautionary tale bilingual bungee jumping that was put in we're taking the monarchy out we're taking vicar and sin and the devil out and putting in bungee jumping <laughs> committee oh yeah that explains it yeah what's have you seen that uh, despair.com website I have not it's a worthwhile website to go to, especially if you're kind of like an anti-corporate guy. Mm-hmm. They have this great uh, picture. They got a bunch of hands in the center, and it says meetings because none of us is as dumb as all of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, allergic, biodegradable, emotional, dyslexic, donate. These are all in. Okay, colloquium, idiom, curriculum, classifying, chronological, and block graph have been put in. So apparently the Oxford English Dictionary for Children now um, is, in a sense, not going to support anybody who wants to actually find out the real history of of, uh, of Europe in Great Britain. Why? Like uh, Why? Because history <laughs> began yesterday. You didn't know that? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. It, in fact, it begins again at midnight. Oh, good. Yeah. You don't need to remember prepared. anything yeah. from yesterday. <laughs> it be, History begins again at midnight. Yeah. Well, we're going to take our first break. And uh, when we come back, I think we'll dive into our uh, into our review of Relevant Church's sermon on uh, Kung Fu Panda. And the only thing I can say is skadoosh, man. <laughs> Skadoosh. So, uh, yeah. so uh, anyway, if you would like to uh, email me and uh, let me know how you think that the uh, Oxford Dictionary should have gotten rid of all of these historic Christian monarchial old world, old school, irrelevant words and replaced them with such wonderful things as MP3 player and database, email me, talk back at fightingforthefaith.com, and we will be right back. Sissioprified religiosity won't save you. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. You're listening to Pirate Christian Radio. We'll be taking your false doctrine now. 
Python's Flying Circus Church. My name is Rex, and if you study with my eight-week program, you will learn a self-feeder system that I developed over two seasons of preaching in the octagon. It's called Rex Quan Do. I need a volunteer to come up here and show that they trust me. Um, here. Okay, you'll do. Come up here. Bow to your pastor. Bow to your pastor! Okay, now I'm going to give you one chance. One chance, people. Turn around. Turn around. All right. Now fall back and I'll catch you. Ow. That was pretty good. Now, listen, everybody. The reason why he fell was because he didn't have enough faith. Go sit down. Okay, when I fall, I fall in slow motion every time. Now, in addition to what you just saw, if you study with my eight-week program, you're going to learn these things. First off... In Rex Quando, we use the buddy system. No more reading the Bible solo. You need somebody watching your back at all times. Second off, you're going to learn to discipline your image. You think I got where I am today because I dress like Peter Pan here? Take a look at what I'm wearing, people. Bible pants. Yeah, you have to be pretty righteous to rock these babies. Do you think anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Forget about it. Last off. My students will learn how to walk on water, heal babies, raise the dead, and be extreme. Now, for only one $300 seat offering, you can sign up right now for my eight-week program here at Guts Church. Hi, I'm Patrick Kyle, a founding partner of New Reformation Press. Just as the first Reformation rediscovered, reclaimed, and restated timeless truths from the Word of God, the mission of New Reformation Press is to reintroduce these truths to the contemporary church and culture. All of our resources are hand-picked to ensure that you have the best available biblical and doctrinal materials at your fingertips to help you grasp the treasures of the Reformation and deepen your own understanding of Christ and His work on your behalf. Browse our website at newreformationpress.com. We offer books, CDs, downloadable MP3s, and our very own line of Reformation-themed clothing. Check out the audio presentation, Bible in an Hour. Absolutely the finest overview of the scriptures that the staff at New Reformation Press has ever heard. Also, Dr. Rod Rosenblatt's presentation, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church, a stunning 200-proof presentation of the gospel for those who have been hurt by the church and discouraged as a result of false teaching. Available exclusively through NewReformationPress.com. Again, that's NewReformationPress.com. Okay, we are back. And you're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. Special guest in studio, Lane Chaplin. The tall version of Charlie. I, I kid you not, this kid has to duck in the door when he comes in. <laughs> you know, And he's dating a basketball, yeah. you know, a basketball player. So they're going to have really, really tall children. So just wanted to let you all know that. Um... Uh, just a reminder, Pirate Christian Radio and Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. And, folks, we could truly use your support. Um, if you'd like to partner with us, we would really, uh, we could really use that. And you can do so by uh, sending in your gift to Pirate Christian Radio, 
at Post Office Box 791, SJC, California, 92693. That's Pirate Christian Radio, Post Office Box 791, SJC, California, 92693. So, Lane, when we were, talk- when we were talking at lunch, before we get into Kung Fu Panda, because I know you're like, you look a little apprehensive I'm, about this. I'm, whole- a- I'm anxious. I'm yeah, anxious about this <laughs> Kung Fu Panda thing, man. <laughs> Um, and it's so relevant. I mean, this is probably one of the most relevant sermons I've ever heard in my whole life because, you know, Kung Fu Panda Man, Jack Black. You know, can't you feel it? Just I, like, I just feel holy all over. I just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, when uh, when uh, the Lion King came out, yeah. the key word, you know, the, the one that would give you, send you shivers down your spine was Mufasa. You know, Mufasa's like, whoa, you know, right? <laughs> yeah. And now the, in Kung Fu Panda, it's skadoosh. Skadoosh. Yeah. I, see, I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. I haven't seen the movie on uh, Right. But, uh. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, a couple of days ago, we were talking about Solo Scriptura and Phyllis Tickle. And we talked about this at lunch. And Phyllis Tickle has pretty much said that it's not a matter of if, but when Solo Scriptura falls. And, um, which is really, really kind of disconcerting because uh, here, here's the deal, folks. We've made this point over and over and over again. And um, I'll make it as many times as I need to, and that is, is that if if you don't have sola scriptura as your um, as your grounding for what you know to be true, um, then literally um, you are then not subject to the Bible, but subject to somebody else's feelings. Okay, so let, let me read this relevant quote again here um, from Phyllis Tickle, which talks about the paper pope. Mm. You know, you know. Um, listen, this is Phyllis Tickle. She says, um, always without fail, the thing that gets lost in the process of a recognition is any clear and general understanding of who or what is to be used as the arbiter of correct belief, action, and control. The Reformation was to answer the question, sola scriptura, sola scriptura. While we may laugh and say the divisiveness was Protestantism's greatest gift to Christianity, ours is a som- ours is a somber joke. Denominationalism is a disunity in the body of Christ, and ironically, one that has a bloody history. Now, some 500 years later, even many of the most diehard Protestants among us have grown suspicious of Scripture and Scripture alone. We question what the words mean, literally, metaphorically, actually. We even question which words do and do not belong in the Scripture and the purity of the editorial line of descent of those that do. We begin to refer to Luther's principle of sola scriptura, sola scriptura as having been little more than the creation of a paper pope in the place of a flesh and blood pope. And even as we speak, the authority that has been in place for 500 years withers away in our hands. It's from her book, The Great Emergence. Um, so if we get rid of sola scriptura, what are we left with? Subjective opinion of whoever's whoever's the most popular at the time uh-huh. and whoever can get the most people following after them. Uh-huh. That's the opinion that's going to prevail. And so, it's, it's subjective. It's entirely subjective. Sub- absolutely subjective. Now, you, you you had told me that you did some work with uh, you know some Christian athletic organizations. Um, yeah, I did. I didn't really do too much work with them directly. Uh-huh. I was just you know attending a participant. Places. Right. Right. Okay. And uh, you know, on a couple of occasions, people actually gave Bible studies where they said God was telling them something. Well, it would be just before um, our quote unquote worship time, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, before we started singing you know, the, about the air that we breathe and R- stuff like R- that. R- <laughs> right. Yeah, singing about the air that we breathe. Right. Um, you know, it, it's it, it profoundly deep and spiritual. Right. You know? It wasn't every time because there certainly wasn't um, 
you know, it wasn't every time, of course, but there were times whenever somebody would get up there and say, um, you know, well, God's just, uh, God's just telling me to tell you that it done. And, you know, what do you do with that? I mean, is it like, you know, yay, new, new revelation. Somebody's, <laughs> yeah. So they're not opening their Bible to give us a word from God, right. but instead they're, they're basically saying God told them or is God's working on you. That's, oh man. Yeah. It, so, and we're supposed to eat that up as if it's the actual word of God. Exactly. And it's like, whenever they take that and, and they say that, like, where do you appeal to at that point? Mm-hmm. Do you say, um, you know, you go back to Ken's point. Do you say, you know, they'll, they'll say, God's talking to me, telling me this. And then Ken will say, well, you know, God's talking to me, telling me that that's not what it means. You know, right. Da, da, da. So where do you go to if you're a Christian? Do you go to somebody's subjective opinion or do you go to Scripture alone? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that that's the most important thing. I, when I was at the uh, Reveal Conference, one of the worship times that they had at the Reveal Conference, the, the guy who was leading worship at Reveal stopped during one of those kind of schmarmy little sets that they do. You know how they pull everything back and kind of have the keyboard kind of going off in the background a little Kind of, you can almost light a candle and you know and go into some kind of a relaxed meditative state. And the guy was saying, "And God's just telling me that uh, we've got to you know and and you know, whatever it doesn't matter what he said at that point. I, you know, I was blogging at the time. It's like this guy is getting direct revelation from God and telling it as telling us as if this is some kind of a word from God that we're supposed to all hear. Yeah. Okay, folks, that's that falls outside of sola scriptura. It, that's his subjective experience. And are we going to put subjective experience on par with the scripture? Now, what's funny here is is that uh, in her book, The Great Emergence, Phyllis Tickle says that, so, but that that it, the Reformation concept of sola scriptura did little more than uh, cre- create a paper pope in, f- in place of a flesh and blood pope. This is the kind of uh, of re- it's really bad rhetoric. Number one, and it's a t- terrible argument. Sola scriptura is not something that binds us under the tyranny of the pope. Let me give you Christ's words here from John eight. Uh, verses uh, 31 and 32. Listen to this. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus saying, if you abide in his words, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. So rather than saying that, that, uh, that uh, believing the Bible and Jesus's words is some kind of a paper pope, Jesus says abiding in his words will help you to know the truth and that the truth will set you free. Scripture is freedom because it teaches us the truth. And it sets us free from sin, death, the bondage of the of the devil that that he's put under us. It gives us the forgiveness of sins. It gives us Jesus Christ himself. So I think Jesus has a pretty exalted view of his words. And where do we find the words of Christ? In the scriptures. Oh, you sound so narrow-minded. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, maybe the new Bible <laughs> should be double-spaced so you could write your feelings in. You oh, know, good, uh, you know. Yeah. Actually, online they have a they have a Bible that's called the U version. <laughs> I kid you not, and oh it's really all about artistically inserting in the, the what God's communicating you to you. Um, yeah, it, it's it, yeah. I don't see like the, the one of the hardest things is whenever I'm listening to you on the air. Like I can't tell when you're doing satire, whenever it's real, you just can't satirize this. <laughs> you stuff. can't. You cannot satirize it anymore. In fact, oh, man, we were talking. We were talking about that at lunch today. Right. It's like you, you know. Uh, what was that stupid idea that we came up with? You know, the product placements. Right. We were – I was – I just <laughs> off the cuff, I'm going, how many of these purpose-driven guys just jokingly said this are, are, are having large corporations pay them for product placements on their on their church stage? And I go, no, that sounds absurd, but I'm, I, I'm almost afraid to look it up because there probably is some pastor somewhere who's got like a gig with Coca-Cola – 
you know. <laughs> and <laughs> if not, if not, then uh, after they just heard you say that, this definitely racing through their mind. Exactly. We'll see it the next six in, months. in these in these in these tough times, how right. is a church to make end meet ends meet? Product placement, right? You know. <laughs> And a lot of these you know, purpose-driven guys, you know, they're doing little short videos and stuff like that. Right. I mean, heck, when I watch the MythBusters, I know they use Macintosh computers, but they they put tape uh, over the Mac the, the Apple symbol, you know, because they don't, you know, they don't want to give Apple free advertising. Right. You know, I, we should do the same thing here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Product place. What can, you can't see anything, can you? This is radio. We can get somebody to just cough in the background and go, Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Pepsi, the, the official drink of <laughs> fighting for the faith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, man. Okay. So, all right. Are you ready for this, uh, my young friend? I am. My very tall friend? I am. Okay. Let me let me pull this up. We're, I'm going into, I've got a plethora of podcasts that I uh, track here. And this one's from Relevant Church. And I kid you not. <laughs> This is called Kung Fu Panda. Uh, that's that's the the name that it's been given. It's been given the name Kung Fu Panda. So um, l- let me let me rewind it here. And uh, I, when you told me about this, I was telling people that I would be on and you know telling them what we'd be discussing. I was saying you know it was called Kung Fu Panda in the Christian Life or something like that. Like the Christian Life and Kung Fu Panda. I had no idea that was the name of the sermon. Just Kung Fu Panda. Just Kung. That's the name of the sermon. Kung Fu Good Panda. Great. Okay, this is. I'm sorry. (laughs) Got to be careful here. Which which buttons I press? All right, the pastor is Pastor Paul Worth. Okay. Okay, you may remember him. He uh, has a church in Florida called Relevant Church, and he was the guy who originally pioneered the sex challenge. Mm. And at the beginning of uh, of this year, 2008, he had the 30 day sex challenge. Okay, which basically makes Ed Young and those guys look like wimps, man. Seriously. You know, I mean. Step up to the plate. Come yeah, on, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have a sex challenge, make a challenge. Seriously. You know, maybe there's a lot older people in Ed Young's church than at uh, Paul Worth's. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Not going there. Yeah, okay. So this this was a sermon he preached in June on Kung Fu Panda, which just came out on DVD, which means this sermon's relevant all over again. Wow. Like, yeah, in fact, l- let's let's take a look at the ones that he did. He d- <laughs> he did an entire series on uh, the the mo- on the movie. So it began with Kung Fu Panda. The next week he did The Incredible Hulk. Oh. <laughs> the week after that it was Get Smart. The week after that was Wally. Uh the next week was Hancock, The Dark Knight, and then X-Files. What is this? Like well, it, it's relevant. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible's not enough and it just doesn't draw a crowd. Oh my goodness. So uh it, we'll do Kung Fu Panda cuz this just came back out. Okay. Not, the only thing I can say man is skadoosh. Skadoosh. All right. Ready. There we go. All right. So uh, here we go. Uh, Pastor Paul Worth from Relevant Church on Kung Fu Panda. So I don't know how many of you were able to venture off and uh, catch a little Jack Black and Kung Fu Panda, uh, but uh, you're here at the back lot of Relevant Church, and uh, what we're going to do is... The back lot uh, <laughs> of, of Relevant, Relevant Church, Church, yeah. Yes. Relevant. There's something so wrong about that. Right I know, <laughs> I know, I know. It's relevant, right? We continue. Hopefully over the next seven weeks or so, give you kind of a a backstage pass to some of the the blockbuster hits. 
Uh, so how many movie words can he weave into this sermon? What what is, is this a church or is this like a movie theater? It's a it, church. This it's is ridiculous. Ch- yeah, we continue. Of 2008, and, and we're launching this out with Kung Fu Panda. And I have to put a disclaimer out there. I don't want you to have the misconception that for some reason um, you think that we think that Hollywood has somehow partnered with Relevant Church in creating all these movies that have spiritual, deep, deep, Deep spiritual meanings. Well, Deep. <laughs> Deep. 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 It Deep. wasn't. Deep. Deep. It was Deep. 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 Deep spiritual meaning. Oh man. You know, I just don't see myself racing for my Bible while watching Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> How about you, Lane? I, I can't even say anything. Right? <laughs> keep going. Okay, we continue. What we're going to do is unpack some of the truth that is inside of those movies because our culture, every single day, is dealing with issues. They're dealing with... <laughs> Everybody's dealing with issues. So this is justification for... for isn't the job of a pastor to preach the word in season and out of season? <laughs> Apparently not, if you listen to these guys. All right, yeah. This, this is really relevant, though. You just, you don't understand. He's got to meet people where they're at. It's in the name of the church. Right, the back lot of the church. All, all I can, in all seriousness, all I can think of listening to this is... um. Is is a Christian Smith study on moralistic therapeutic deism? Yep. That Whitehorseman keeps on bringing up, and I think they nail it. I yeah, think that's exactly what this I is. think they do too. This, uh, my question: Where's the cross? Where's Christ? Let's see if he let's see if he gets to it. Let's see how he handles God's word too. You know, right. you know, let's continue. It's hard. We're not even a we're not even a full minute into this, and we're just we're <laughs> stumbling all over ourselves here. Here we go. With things in their way, and so what we're going to do is try to look at what our culture is trying to say within the movie. And then see if what we can do is unpack some of the biblical meaning that dovetails with that. And we're launching out with the very first week of uh, Kung Fu Panda. And uh, Jack Black did not disappoint. That's all I can say. Skadoosh is uh, really all I can say. Um, some of you aren't laughing because you didn't see the movie. And you should see it, okay? Because if you saw it... That's the funniest line in the whole movie. It, we, they, all he, he could have just said that word, and then I would have just laughed and said, okay, let's go home now. I'm, I'm good. Um, but uh, He's kind of chastising him for not seeing the movie. Right. You know, the pastors I grew up with, man, if you show up to Sunday school and you haven't had your Bible memory verses done, <laughs> dude— you know, you yeah. were you were in some deep spiritual yogurt. Mm. This guy, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, you know, the movie. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, what, what's the consistent thing that he keeps on talking about in this whole, like, in this first two minutes? It's like him. When's he ever going to find out if anybody, you know, read their Bible or anything? If he's just consistently, the emphasis is always on us and what we do right you know in our issues and our, our issues, ideas what everything. the culture's saying who cares what the culture's saying we're supposed to be christ and him crucified which is foolishness to greeks and a stumbling block to jews right right but to us who are being saved it's the power of god unto salvation that's right all right let's continue with kung fu panda here from pastor paul worth you know i want to give you kind of a synopsis of kung fu panda and if you haven't seen it we gave you two weeks so too bad um i'm gonna <laughs> give the whole plot away right now 
Oh, uh, spoiler alert! Uh, I, I, I must be. Yeah, I got to help you out here. <laughs> you know, if Put you, earmuffs on. Yeah, quick! If you ha- if you haven't seen Kung Fu Panda yet, and it's something you want to see, spoiler alert! But no, seriously, in, in the Lutheran Church, okay, we actually stand for the reading of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the central teaching uh, that the sermon is based on. Every given Sunday. So we have an Old Testament reading, we have an epistle reading, and then we have the gospel reading. And we actually stand in honor of the gospel. And so here he's going to give us a synopsis of Kung Fu Panda, which is basically forming the basis for his sermon. Not God's word, not the gospel, not the words of Christ, but Kung Fu Panda. Isn't it, do you ever find it strange that they don't mind exegeting other things? Like exegesis isn't a problem with them. It's just what they exegete. Right. I mean, it's, exactly. They, they don't have a problem doing exegesis. They just don't want to do it bi- a biblical exegesis. They just don't want to exegete the Bible. They'd rather do Kung Fu Panda. Or... Well, they got to do what they know. Right. 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 Yeah. We, yeah. They know. <laughs> study to show yourself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, this guy doesn't well, they qualify. See, they, you know, they say studies show yourself approved. Well, okay, they study anything. You know, we could study, you know, Martha Stewart's cookbooks. Hey. Right. So now true. my question is, is he rightly dividing Kung Fu Panda? Hey. Well, I couldn't say that. Cause I, you, I right. I mean, <laughs> and can we you – know, my wife, you know, she uh, – she was an English teacher for uh, for many years uh, on the high school level, mm-hmm. and I remember when she was co- in college and she was taking uh, you know literature classes and you know and you know how to critique different pieces of literature, and she was given assignments on how you know and she would say it, it, the assignment would be take this piece of literature and 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 analyze it and review it as if you were a feminist or review it in using this type of critique. So you know my you know could we go back and read Kung Fu Panda and from a liberation theology point of view? Is he really rightly dividing Kung Fu Panda? Could, could we might need to go back and, and and redo Kung Fu Panda from an emergent understanding? Right. You know. Yeah. You, you, Some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. So that's kind of deep, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah so deep, it's unfathomable. Deep, deep, oh, very, very oh, deep. Bad, bad. <laughs> All right, we continue. But uh, we see this panda warrior at the very beginning of the movie. This panda warrior is walking along. With a voiceover of a great narrator. Jack Black. Legend tells of a legendary warrior whose kung fu skills were the stuff of legend. He traveled the land in search of a worthy foe. The panda warrior sitting at a table eating dumplings. The bad guy approaches. In typical bad martial arts movie dialogue says, I see you like to chew. Maybe you should chew on my fist. And the warrior continues. This is a sermon. <laughs> this this is the reading of the of the scripture passage for the day. You should chew on my fist. My kung fu is better than your kung fu. And you can see the lips out of sync. You know. Oh, okay, we continue to eat because he does have manners and he wouldn't speak with his mouth full. He swallows and then speaks. Enough talk. Let's fight. They begin to fight, and the panda's incredible. The narrator tells us that he's so deadly, in fact, that his enemies would go blind from overexposure to his pure awesomeness. That is awesome. Really? (laughs) Kung Fu Panda sermon here. Dive from exposure to his pure awesomeness. <laughs> you know, like if these if these guys are really trying to be funny, 
you know, you could definitely go on YouTube and five minutes later find a video that would keep you in stitches rather than this stuff. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not even like it's, it's second rate. I like that Jedi guy, you know, the the guy. The, who, the you, Star Wars kid? Yeah, the Star Wars yeah, kid. He's yeah, he's funny. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> funnier than this. Yes. An enemy screams, my eyes! <laughs> and he's too awesome. Another one adds, and attractive. Another says, how can we repay you? But the Panda Warrior says, there's no charge for awesomeness or attractiveness. That must be why I like this movie so much. He continues to fight, and and it matters not how many foes he's faced. They were no match for his fodacity. (laughs) Quickly, he defeats all comers. Never before had a panda been so feared and so loved all at the same time. Even the most heroic heroes in all of China, the Furious Five, bowed in respect to this great master. One of the Furious Five slips in to the next panda warrior and says, Hey, we should hang out sometime. The panda warrior agrees. (laughs) This is church. This is painful. (laughs) (laughs) Let's continue. But hanging out would have to wait. He must now go and tackle the 10,000 demons of Demon Mountain. But then... A voice awakens him. And it's his father. Po, get up! It's time to make the noodles! And he's awakened from his dream. You see, Poe is is this kind of portly panda. Portly is just another easy, nice way to say road big, jelly-like. And uh, he dreamed a lot of being a great... Chris, what's the tally of times that we've heard Jesus or sin or anything in this sermon? Nothing. We're four minutes, 37 seconds into this sermon. This is a a sermon in a church. Yes. To to adults. Yes. Kung Fu Panda (laughs) sermon. (laughs) How many times has Panda been mentioned? Yeah, uh, I bet you that's in the 50s at least now. You know, what's funny is it really sounds like he's just making stuff up now. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm having a tough time tracking with him. I mean, but, you know, maybe it's just because this is just too pure of awesomeness for me to be able to handle. It could be. (laughs) I'm having the same problem. Yeah, he is getting laughs, though. Oh, yeah, because that shows how relevant you are. Oh, man. We'll tell you what. What we're going to do real quick, we're going to take our second break. and we come back, we're going to continue our review of the Sermon on Kung Fu Panda. I promise there's some scripture in here somewhere. Um, it's just hard to – I mean, this is this is a sermon in a church for adults. This wasn't kids' sermon. Ay, 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 ay. Folks, if you'd like to email me and uh, let me know how spiritual the, – the spiritual lessons of Kung Fu Panda have transformed your life and – helped your walk with Jesus and uh, made it so that you are a better Christ follower. Talk back at fightingforthefaith.com. We'll be right back. If you want advice on how to have your best life now, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe 
This sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. My local Christian bookstore just sells Jesus schlock. Where can I find good material? We at NewReformationPress.com are committed to providing a hand-picked selection of books and teaching materials that educate, inform, and entertain while uniquely maintaining a relentless focus on the gospel. We believe that these forgotten doctrines and their scriptural emphases can not only enrich individual Christians and revive the church, but also address the deepest needs of our culture. Discover our growing library of resources by Dr. Rod Rosenblatt of the White Horse Inn radio program, including his powerful address, The Gospel for Those Broken by the Church, available exclusively at NewReformationPress.com, or the big-picture audio presentation Bible in an Hour by Pastor Wade Butler. Learn the center and scope of redemptive history and scripture in just one hour. And of course, be sure not to miss our selection of t-shirts, gifts, and artwork as well. NewReformationPress.com. Finally, Reformation Theology Made Accessible. All right, we're back. We're in the middle of a sermon review on the spiritual biblical lessons of... uh, Kung Fu Panda. You could die just by the pure light of his awesomeness. <laughs> what did Lane say? Uh, have you asked the panda into your heart? <laughs> you know, but I had panda in my stomach last night. I went to the Panda oh, the yeah. Panda Express. Well, this is relevant to you, then. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, you know, just to get you guys up to speed, I'll play. Here's the trailer for Kung Fu Panda. We'll play this. So. <gasps> You all know what we're talking about here. Uh, the following preview has been approved for all audiences. In a land of tradition and honor, one kung fu master, let's get started, has trained five of the greatest warriors the world has ever known. But this master's biggest challenge has just arrived. I'm coming! Stairs. Jack Black. Go ahead, Panda. Show us what you can do. Um, are they gonna watch or should I just wait until I get back to work or something? Just hit it. Get ready to feel the thunder. Come out with crazy feet. What are you gonna do about crazy feet? I'm a blur. I'm a blur. You never seen bear style. Would you hit it? How's that? Everybody was comfortable. Are you ready? I was born ready. Oh. Can I punch through walls? Can I do a quadruple back flip? Focus. Focus. That flabby panic is not the warrior. You just need to believe. Oh, that was awesome. Let's go again. 
This June, when you focus on kung fu, you suck. <laughs> the way to get through to you is with this. Have a dumpling. DreamWorks Kung Fu Panda. You have done well, Panda. Done well? <laughs> I've done awesome! Oof. Yes, you have done awesome. <laughs> there you go. I mean, isn't that relevant, man? I just feel so sanctified now. Yeah, right, you know. I, I did hear the word believe. Oh, you, do. you know, yeah. you're just not looking at it with spiritual eyes. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, John, you would think that, you know, after all of these months working here at PCR, you would you'd be more spiritual than that. I'm so disappointed. Uh, anyway, let's continue with um, Paul Worth's treatment of this deep spiritual movie, Kung Fu Panda. Warrior. He dreamed a lot of, of accomplishing incredible dreams. The problem was that Panda thought that if he could win all of his battles and if he could be feared by his enemies and if he was adored by everyone and he basked in the respect of all the heroes, it would be awesome. How trivial can you possibly get? It's ridiculous. Now, remember, this guy had national, the national spotlight with his 30-day sex challenge. Right. Okay. And uh, so if you, if you, you know, attended Paul Worth's relevant church because uh, you were so excited about that 30 days of sex, um, once you got past the honeymoon stage at that church, I wrote that joke myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is what you would have been fed. <laughs> Um, Kung Fu Panda. And we continue. He thought greatness was what he wanted. He dreamed of greatness. Can't you just hear the sincerity dripping out, yeah, out oh of his yeah, voice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's a sign of sh- a pure spirituality, by the way. Right. right. Yeah, you can, yeah, he's so sincere. Mm. I can do that, too. You know, you know, uh, Lane, <laughs> God has just been telling me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it hurts to do that. Yeah, we continue. <laughs> Only problem was that every morning Poe woke up and had to go make the noodles with his father because he was a nobody from a nobody family and a nobody part of China and his dad just made noodles and he was destined to be a noodle maker. You ever had one of those dreams? What is this? <laughs> Another religion. <laughs> Destined to be a noodle maker. That's you know, ridiculous. I, I, you know, is this like Cinderella Panda? <sighs> you ever as a kid dreamed of being something great? I mean, like, you watched basketball and you dreamed back in the day of being Michael Jordan? You just, you dreamed of it, but you were like... Fi- no, I never dreamed of being Michael Jordan. When I played basketball as a kid... I went to do a layup once, and it hit the bottom of the rim and practically broke my nose. The ball came down like at oh, light speed. It, it really deterred me. In fact, when I was in junior high, I tried out for my small Christian school's uh, basketball team. And understand, in my Christian school, there were 30 kids in my seventh grade class. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the, there wasn't a lot of guys. Okay? In fact, if you were male 
and had a pulse. You had a good shot at getting on the basketball team. I I didn't even make it. They made me the scorekeeper. Mm. That should tell you what kind of uh, athletic acumen I've got going on. Mm. Yeah. But see, it's all about me, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, just destined to make noodles. Mm. So. So, like, what what about the kid that you know didn't play sports well? Like, how does this sermon? You know, like whenever they whenever they try to get to a certain culture, like it, it's so. Like they're like, oh, we're just trying to reach the culture, but it's like such like a fine, you know, select group of people. It's exactly. not even like a huge. I mean, you don't see them in the middle of like you know, uh, little Mexico down here where we are. You know, like trying to yeah, you know, going to on, Tijuana. You know, right, preachers right. in Tijuana. Did you ever dream about being something you know great when right. you were growing up in a in a cardboard box in Tijuana? Right. <laughs> no, we were just kind of hoping that we'd be able to you know have food on the table. Right. You know. And what's the point? Is is greatness the thing that we should be shooting for? No. Well, let's see what he does with that. Let's, let's see if he has just enough biblical sense to kind of steer us clear of that one. Let's, we'll see. Five foot two, and you knew, crap, this will never happen. He said crap. <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> All right, backing up the tape. <laughs> no way. Rewind that. All right, here we go. Here, let's, let's hear it in context. <laughs> you ever as a kid dreamed of being something great? I mean, like, you watched basketball and you dreamed back in the day of being Michael Jordan. You just, you dreamed of it, but you were like five foot two and you knew, crap, this will never happen. Yeah, he said crap. (laughs) Definitely, it's audible. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, you you have these dreams and dreams are incredible. Dreams seem so lifelike sometimes, don't they? I don't know if you've ever had the dream where you were standing in front of an audience and you look down and realize you were naked. Maybe that's my dream, and it scares me, and maybe it scares you now. All right, way too much information. <laughs> <laughs> just, TMI, time TMI, out. TMI, wow. <laughs> okay, uh, well, let's continue. Um, so we're going to move on from that. But Please do. Dreams are interesting things because, because dreams are just dreams. Unless we put action to those dreams. So is the point he's really trying to make that the sermon at this church is to put actions behind your dreams in order to achieve them? Apparently that's the Christian message. I mean, isn't that what you gathered from the scriptures? No. Me neither. (laughs) I only believe the scriptures that are from the book of Genesis to the book of Maps. That Kung Fu Pan is not involved in No, it's not. It's not. I I know. I'm just (laughs) narrow-minded. I know. Let's continue. We can dream of a lot of stuff. We can dream of greatness. We can dream of being an incredible corporate person. (laughs) (laughs) Dream of being an incredible corporate person. I want to see that Halloween costume because that's what I want to see. (laughs) I'm going to dress up at Halloween as one of the the CEOs from Chrysler. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (sighs) Making lots of cash. Succeeding at a high level in our careers. And all of those things are just dreams. Because, in fact, many times I think what we find is that for the dream to become a reality, it's a lot more work than we're willing to put in. 
couldn't 50 Cent get up there and say the same exact thing that this man's saying and it not be any... Right, you know? he could. It could. This could actually preach at a Tony Robbins seminar, mm-hmm. okay, at a Mormon church. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those, you know, from time to time, uh, you know, uh, Donald Trump, mm-hmm. he has these, you know, business management things and basically tells people to shoot for the stars kind of stuff, you know. Um, there's nothing uniquely christian here at all we are seven minutes into the sermon <laughs> god's word has yet to make an appearance you know oh, let's continue you see if we dream of being a professional athlete it's not just the accolades that come on sundays during the nfl season or on the nights that guys are playing baseball in the big leagues it comes from day after day, hour after hour, week after week, month after month, year after year of putting in the time that it takes. Apparently, he's not putting in the time that it takes to rightly divide the word of truth. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just, he's a pastor, and he's not really putting in the time of studying God's word. No. It shows. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what am I going to preach on this Sunday? You know, the Bible? Nah. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, I just saw that. That was funny. I'll, I'll preach on that. Yeah. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Yeah. Yeah. To achieve that level of greatness. <laughs> I liken this to the life of maybe some some fishermen that you know called the disciples. Oh, here okay. Go. Here, here we, we go. go. Okay. Yeah. Hey, all right. I really don't think any of them really knew the journey that they were about to embark on for three and a half years with this rabbi named Jesus, the, the new rabbi in town. All right. This, this, okay. 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 We're seven minutes, 40 something seconds into this. Right. Jesus and the disciples have now just been pulled in. Okay. Okay. Now notice he set this thing up about greatness and putting in the time that it takes, right? That's a little bit longer for the bait and switch, isn't it? Doesn't he, it usually happen a little bit earlier? A little. Well, I don't know. Some of the guys I've reviewed the bait and switch, the switch never really happens. They just give them the bait. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so let's see how he's going to Christianize this. So okay. we've now turned to the disciples and Jesus. I mean, think about it. They all quit their jobs and followed a new rabbi. Now, they may have always dreamed of being a disciple of a rabbi. Because- they were fishermen. That's not the dream that a fisherman usually has. Is to- no, and remember, Matthew was a tax collector. Right. Yeah, I- a good job. <laughs> yeah, that was a good paying job. Good paying job. <laughs> Very good paying. I can just see Matthew, you know, counting up his money. Ka-chink, ka-chink, ka-chink. You know, I really wish that I was a student of a rabbi. Ka-chink, ka-chink, ka-chink. But nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So apparently Jesus is the the kung fu master here. Right. I think that's what this is. How this is playing out. Because wow. most Jewish boys, that's what they would dream of. And I don't know, I dare say that maybe these guys found themselves falling asleep at the fishing nets occasionally at night, dreaming that they were following in the footsteps of a great rabbi. We have no word from God on this at all. None. None. He's just pulling this out of his... Thin air. Thin air. Yeah, Yeah. pulling it out of his thin air. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (sighs) Good save. Yeah. (laughs) Two points to uh, Lane. We move on. And all of a sudden, uh, a rabbi came by and asked him to join him. And <laughs> why is this this retelling of the story? It's not even historical or biblical. It just I'm going to take the Bible and just completely bend it in any direction I want. <laughs> Uncle Pete told me this once. <laughs> Good night. And their dream became a reality. 
What? It did not. <laughs> it did. You made this up, Paul Worth. Come on, they this. <sighs> yeah, I never remember reading any of that. No, <laughs> I, uh, it's in that. It's in that pseudo gospel of Worth. If these people wrote for newspapers, they'd be fired. No kidding. Like so soon, you, you can't. You can't miss. Misconstrue facts like that and expect to stick around. But see, here's the deal. Anytime I complain about guys like this, I get emails from people saying, you don't understand, Chris. He has a heart for God. He's got a good heart. You can't judge his heart. And he's reaching people where they're at. But what's he reaching him with? He's not reaching him with the truth. And I know from the book of Jeremiah that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked and can't and, be trusted. Uh, yeah, and I'd even argue that it's not him reaching them where where they're at. They're reaching him where he's at and bringing him, you know, further into the the world. Right. Yeah. So, all right, let me continue. But I don't think they understood what this whole idea would be. I don't think they really understood that their whole world would be turned upside down just to follow this rabbi. That in a matter of three and a half years, the known world at that time would be turned on its heels because of one man and his 12 followers. Now, actually, the transformation of the world from a pagan culture to a Christian culture really took about five, six centuries. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the disciples didn't experience that in their lifetime. They experienced martyrdom. Martyrdom, Yeah. So uh, this cost them their lives. But it all changed when they realized that this was going to be more than they ever dreamed. Um, they didn't have any dreams, according to the Bible. He's just making stuff up. and exe- He's exegeting his own <laughs> ideas. Can <laughs> you give me a chapter verse on this, Pastor Worth? Come on. Let me tell you what and I yet think. It cost them more than they ever dreamed as well. You see, it cost each of the disciples their lives. Except for one, John. John, yeah. yeah. Not just the life that they lay down because Christ calls us to lay down our life and follow him. It actually cost them their actual lives. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus begins to kind of foretell some of this stuff. And he says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. Oh, yeah, he mentioned the Bible at nine minutes and five seconds in. Mm. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. There's that line from Rick Warren. Self-help is no help at all. He's quoting the message paraphrase here and... I don't have my purpose-driven life book with me. It's in your office, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hang it's on not in here, though. <laughs> yeah, it's in Bible Gateway. It, hang on a second. www.biblegateway. See, I don't keep the message on my right. computer. I don't waste uh, important hard drive space with something as right, I don't blame mundane you. as this, the message paraphrase. Can you hey. imagine getting a virus from the message? That would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Self-help is no help. Hang on. going to look. I'm at BibleGateway.com here, and you can actually do a search on the message paraphrase. Self-help is no help. Okay, let's see here. Ah, Wow. <laughs> Boy, that's bad. Matthew 16. Um, in the message, it says that Jesus went to work on his disciples. <laughs> Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. 
Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to finding yourself, your true self. What chapter and verse is that? That's Matthew 16, uh, 24. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's really, 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 really bad. That's terrible. (sighs) Hang on a second. I got to scrub my mind with something. (laughs) Good night. Hang on a second. Matthew 16, verse 24. Let me pull it up in the ESV, which, by the way, is uh, the... Sanctified version, yeah, mm, yeah, uh, I've yeah, heard. yeah. <laughs> if, if you're pious like right. me, then you read the ESV. Mm. Just want to let everyone know that uh, it, Jesus says in Matthew 16, "If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he's done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So, Pastor Worth here has brought in the Bible about the 9 minute, 10 second mark, and he's bringing in the message paraphrase. In other words, he's not really telling you what the Bible says at all. Mm-mm. But he is telling you what he wants it to say. Uh, apparently, because <laughs> he, found, he found a translation, it, <coughs> he found a paraphrase that fits his message. <gasps> Let me back this up. Just got to back it up a second here. You know, we'll bring it back to about the time he pulls this in. Here we go. He's to kind of foretell some of this stuff. And he says, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. That's my way. To finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? True self? That's... What is that? (laughs) I know. Hello, if you find your true self, if you really true find your true self, your true self is a wicked, rotten, terrible sinner, yeah. a reprobate, evil and wicked who needs to repent and trust in Christ. I mean, yikes. This is terrible. Find your true self. And what do you do with them then? <laughs> I, uh, Once you find them, I don't know. I mean, th- I don't think that's what the word they're referring to here. As if the true self is something good. Yeah. You know, this is some kind of self-actualization going on here. So let's continue. What could you ever trade for your soul for? Now, I have to give you a little bit of, of backstory in this, because if you read shortly before that in Matthew 16, uh, Jesus is with his disciples and he's sharing with them that he's going to have to suffer a lot of pain. And, and one day in the very near future, he's going to have to go to Jerusalem and they're going to condemn him to die. All right, good. Crucifixion being brought up here. That's, that's something positive. Here we go. <laughs> <sighs> And his disciples are they're, they're baffled by this. Three and a half years is no time to spend with a rabbi. Most disciples would spend years and years and years with their rabbi. Maybe 20, 30, 40 years with their rabbi following in his footsteps. They've only been following about three years. Because their dream ever since they were little Jewish kids was to study under a rabbi. 
these kids who were fishermen. Surely the rabbi was mistaken. No, he wasn't mistaken, and stop calling him Shirley. (laughs) 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 Sorry. And so Peter, being the genius fisherman that he was and scholarly guy, decides to correct Jesus, the rabbi. Now, that's kind of like correcting your teacher at school. You ever try that? That doesn't work out so well most of the time. It's like, hey, teacher, I just want to tell you, you're dead wrong on that. I don't know. I mean, I know you think you're right, but you're not right. You're wrong. Now, that's one thing when you're in high school or in college and you're kind of debating it. But when you're talking to the guy who created the whole world, that could be a problem for you. And Peter steps up and says, hey, Jesus, listen, listen. That's not going to happen. We're not going to let it happen. I think you're, you're a little off base on this. And Jesus says, time out, Peter. Time out? You just need to listen. No, he said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> a little difference there. <laughs> um, let's see if he gets to that part. I, <sighs> because right now you're not thinking clearly and you're allowing Satan to control your thoughts because you want what you want. Jesus says you are a stumbling block to me. He does not say. Oh, this is the kinder and gentler way of saying it. He said, he said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Here he is. <laughs> you don't really want what God wants right now. See how he said that sincerely? Yeah. And he begins to reorient their thinking and recapture their thinking and saying, this whole discipleship of following me is going to cost you. How often do we want someone else directing our lives? How often do we want someone else driving for us? Do you ever ride with people who are like backseat drivers or passenger seat drivers? Um, my father is... A why do I feel like he's going to bring that? Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how, I, I know you and I have both listened to so many of these sermons. Like, how do you keep up hope anymore that something good's going to come out of one of these? It's yeah. so hard. Like, it's like <laughs> they get to that certain point. And it's like, yeah, all you have to do is just finish that verse. And all of a sudden it's like, do you, how do you feel about this? Yeah. And it's like totally off on another tangent. Right. You know. He's, he kind of walked into something that was scripture-ish. Yeah. And then we end up over here talking about, you know, con- uh, fighting pandas or something like that, you know? Yeah. Kind of, well, this well, is really relevant because this is from Relevant Church. Right. This this is the sermon. This is telling us about God. I've just got to get more relevant. I guess all right. That's all yeah. it comes to. Yeah. Professional truck driver. That's what he does. He's been doing that for like 40 years. And so when when I ride with him... He's putting on brakes for me sometimes, you know, putting on turn signals. And uh, this past week, we were on vacation together. And um, and we were driving down the beach at Daytona, and we were going to a restaurant for dinner. And we're riding in the van, and um, I'm, I'm trying to think of how he said it again, because it wasn't words. Um, but there was a car that stopped in front of me. He put its brakes on, and I began to slow down, but not fast enough. And he's like, I got to that He was speaking in tongues. <laughs> <laughs> New revelation. <laughs> All right, let's continue. <laughs> I about jumped out. I'm like, what? what is wrong with you? And he goes, yeah, it's too much, man. You scared me. I was like, scared you? 
The whole van is scared right now. Ashlyn doesn't know what's going on. You're sitting next to her. She's going, Papa's gone nuts. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. He In all seriousness, like, who saves us? Is it Jesus or is it these people? Like, or is it these guys talking right. about themselves? Right. It's Jesus. So why in the world are these people spending all this time talking about themselves and their own experiences and all this that doesn't help me. Like that doesn't help this. That they're really trying to reach this culture. That doesn't help the culture. No, the it doesn't. It doesn't help them at all. I mean, who? How is it that this story brings us closer to Christ and it helps us understand our sin, helps us understand our need for a savior, calls us to repentance, and points us to Christ that we can trust Him and His work that He's done on our behalf, and that God will declare us righteous through that faith. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. In the least. You know, so this might be relevant, but it's not biblical or helpful. Mm. Let me continue. went slap nutty. And I mean, because he wanted to drive for me. And I said, Dad, I'm driving. I know how to drive. I even have safe driver under my name. I don't know how, but I do. (laughs) And so let me drive. You know, driving a car is one thing to let somebody else drive, but what happens if we begin to allow other people to drive our lives? You see, that's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Because when you allow someone else to direct your life and to drive your life and say, no, your life needs to go this way. If you want to accomplish this dream, your life needs to go this way. What is this? <laughs> Isn't that what he's doing, though? He's trying to drive us in a certain way and say, this is the way our life's supposed to be. Yeah, he's... Right? Yeah, he's yeah. He, well, he's making a case for it in some case. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. Right. Yeah, I can't sing worth a darn. <laughs> That's where you and I jump ship a lot of times. Last week, Jamie did a great job. I was able to catch the podcast this past week and, and watch... Uh, the honesty challenge kind of unfold here uh, something that's been unfolding in Jamie's heart for literally probably the past month or so. Something unfolding in someone's heart? <laughs> what does that look like? Is that on YouTube? Yeah, that's <laughs> probably really gross. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't want to see that one. Oh my goodness. <sighs> and um, I know some of you embarked on the honesty challenge. And what you decided to do was last week you said, I am going to invite some of my closest friends. To speak honestly into my life. You are going to allow someone else to step into the driver's seat of your life a little bit and give you some direction. Let's do that right now. Uh, Pastor Worth, uh, we want to speak honestly to you. Um, This Kung Fu Panda sermon doesn't qualify as a biblical sermon. You've mangled God's word and you've basically, you're off in the wrong direction. What we strongly recommend that you do is spend your free time or work time actually studying God's word and then coming to church on a Sunday morning and expositionally, exegetically, prophetically proclaim and preach Christ and him crucified for our sins from every passage of scripture that could possibly be within the scriptures and actually teach us what God's word says. just want to speak honestly into his life there. I thought that was important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you affirm that? I affirm. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to make sure, you know, it's all positive here. Right. And say this area is going well, but this area, not so much. Yeah. Like his preaching, not so much. <laughs> no. I'm going to tell you, Susan and I were talking about that on the way home from Daytona. She goes, Kind of glad I wasn't at the service last week. <laughs> not going to lie to you. Because <laughs> uh, that's really tough. And we, we talked about it for probably a half an hour on the way home about how difficult it is to allow other people to speak into our lives. This is pure therapy. It's group therapy under an unlicensed social worker. Oh. 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 
painful. Yeah. This is this will turn people into an atheist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know some of you are anxiously awaiting the results and tomorrow some of the results are going to be rolling out, but others of you, maybe you didn't take the honesty challenge. And I, w- I want to tell you that what we're going to do is we're going to open it up for another week. Because I believe that, that some of you won't realize the benefit of it until you really begin to see what happens when you allow other people to begin to speak into your life. Here's what the result sheet, what it's going to look like. This is kind of just a template of what you're going to receive tomorrow if you already have enough stuff. But So this is a commercial for the results of the honesty challenge where people can speak honestly into your life be- uh-huh. so that you can be a better you. Uh-huh. Allah, no gospel. Where's Christ? <laughs> Except for he's the great example, the kung fu master, the... The rabbi that they were dreaming about being under, but only got, they got gypped because it was only for three years rather than forty. <laughs> but did they did, in that time did they discover their true selves? That's the question. That's the question. Yeah. Uh, the very first page is just kind of talks about uh, the honesty challenge. Then it goes into this is what the bar graph is going to look like on some of the stuff in your relationships. It's going to give you. Uh, the question, and then it's going to give you a rating scale of what yours look like. Uh, then uh, it's going to go through each and every one of those things, and it's going to move on to another area. The next one, I think. I- what exactly does this have to do with Kung Fu Panda? I have not a clue. That's what I was about to ask. Like, yeah. what happened? I hadn't seen the movie. I was yeah. expecting to get some feedback. So this, this, the bait and switch <laughs> has occurred, and apparently the, this, the, the switch isn't even biblical. It's, <laughs> and the bait was, it, very, you know, it was almost non-existent. Yeah, and yeah, that panda bait's kind of thin. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I have is your faith and how your faith interacts with your life. And you're going to be able to get that it's 15 pages long, the report that you're going to receive from taking the honesty challenge. Now, if you're saying, you know, man, that would be really helpful if I allowed, you know, 10 people in my life to really evaluate my life and be totally honest, completely anonymous, so that I could begin to make some adjustments in my driving of my life. This is like, you ever heard the White Horse Sun talk about good news versus good advice? Yeah. This, there's no news in this. There's no None. news. No, None it's, news. it's good and the advice. news that is there, the quote-unquote news, it's like his personal opinion of what the scriptures say. It's not even, you know, right. it's not even accurate. Right. And, and Christian pastors are not called just, just to preach the truth or right. any generic truth. They're called to preach a particular truth. Exactly. Okay. I mean, I don't. I have not, I have yet to see... You know, the church of Spock get up and do a sermon on E equals MC squared. Now, E equals MC squared is truth. Right. Okay. It's absolutely true. Right. But uh, that's not what we're called to preach at church, is it? Nope. <sighs> really, we ought to send this guy a 15 page result from our honesty challenge to him. <laughs> he wouldn't like to read that. No, he probably wouldn't. <laughs> to a different direction. If you would like to join that challenge and you'd like to do it, some of you, you have to have at least five results for it to actually make any sense for us to send you all the result pages. So some of you are still a little bit under that and you need to maybe send an email out to your friends again and say, hey, please, if you haven't taken the the challenge for me yet, if you haven't gone and done the survey, please do that. Yeah, all works. All works. Yeah. All merit-based. Yeah. (sighs) If you'd like to take the challenge this week and you weren't here last week, here's all you have to do. You have to write your email on the connection card, and then you have to place your first name and the last four. Yeah, this is the sermon. This is in the middle of the sermon. Yeah, right in the middle of it. Digits of your phone number. Yeah, he's so inappropriate on so many levels. (laughs) (laughs) 
at, at least like you know whenever i was growing up like we they had the announcements after the sermon or right before right. Like, this guy just throws them right in right, there right in the middle of you it. know like go ahead and get on your you yeah know. this doesn't have to do with the bible or kung fu panda and i'm feeling really yeah. really just gypped here yeah <laughs> In the information blank. That's going to be your code to give to people. Tomorrow you can check out our blog and we'll have kind of a, a video announcement that lets you know exactly how to work the system. But today, if you want to join that honesty challenge, you need to write your email address legibly, your first name and the last four digits of your phone number. And that's going to be your code for people to get into the survey to fill it out for you so that you can join it. Because I know that a lot of people, they have a desire like Poe, to be great. Oh, there he goes. Hook back into Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I was afraid that was, was going to... smooth. Oh, God. That was, that was an amazingly silky smooth wow. transition right back into it. Like Poe, you want to be amazingly great. <laughs> uh, wasn't, isn't Poe one of the Teletubbies? I don't know enough about it. I'm not yeah. Teletubby. Don't ask yeah, me I don't how know I know that. that. Okay. Yeah. But you don't have the wherewithal to do the tough stuff because some of you tomorrow are going to get hit with a ton of bricks and it's going to be hard and you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to oh, have to make, make a decision. A decision. Oh. Yeah. Shouldn't be, you get that in the sermon being hit with a ton of bricks. He's not. No, no, no. The soft and easy Jesus. Oh. I mean, he, oh. the soft and easy, this is easy listening. Jesus legalism light. Yeah. yeah legalism light. Yeah. <laughs> the, that, that easy Jesus doesn't even tell Peter, get behind me, Satan. Just, here, let me help you. Uh, you, know, you just don't have the right things in mind. And let me reset your expectations. Uh, uh, you're going to have to make a decision when faced with the truth of what other people see in you, people that you love and trust, you're going to have to make a decision to throw it out and to say, you don't know what you're talking about. Why is it that the honesty challenge requires other people to speak into other people's lives about the truth when this pastor, he could actually be speaking the truth? Just examine people's life in light of the Ten Commandments and show that they are sinners and call them to repentance. Instead, they're paying money to get this 15-page bar graphed computerized honesty challenge with feedback from at least five or more people to make it valid. Uh, Really, all they need is the feedback from their pastor who's preaching the word of God, and that is purely valid. Yes. (sighs) (laughs) Or to actually use it for a catalyst for change that'll propel you in a new direction for the future. You guys think, I think that's interesting when you, when you look at Poe. Because when Poe gets what he wants, which is to be the dragon warrior, when he gets what he wants, he doesn't want it anymore. He's like, ah, this is a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. I don't, I don't think I want it anymore. It, it kind of reminds me of... <laughs> Doesn't that kind of sound like what he's talking about anyway? Like you do all this work at his church, you know, something yeah. that you think you want. Maybe you I don't want to do this honesty challenge. Exactly. You know? I don't want to be a dragon warrior. I prefer to just be the butterfly. All right, right. Or the really large caterpillar. <laughs> and then he's like, no, <laughs> you've got to do this. I know it goes against what I just preached, but hey, you got to do it. <sighs> this past week when we were over in Daytona. He's exegeting his life again. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> For the past couple months, Anthony has been asking for a surfboard because last year he was able to ride my surfboard, which is eight feet, six inches long. So when you weigh like 68 pounds. 
Maybe we can look into the numerology of the length of his surf- surfboard. <laughs> Eight feet, six inches long. How many cubits is that? <coughs> I don't You might find the mark of the beast. I don't I know. Don't know. <sighs> <sighs> Alans, you can ride any wave. It could just be a shore break, and you could ride it all the way in, and you look like the man. So he said, Dad, I want my own board. Because I rode yours, man. I, I need my own board. So we said, okay. And he saved up his money. And he had saved up his money, saved up his money, and his mom and I chipped in a few dollars, and we were able to get his own board, a used board. Six foot, I think it's six foot six, or six foot eight inches. Uh-oh, six foot six inches. Oh. Uh, oh. Satanic. Yeah. Hey. So it's a little bit shorter, but it's perfect size for him. And literally, we got out there the very first day. He's like, Daddy, come on, let's go ride the waves. LOL. Man, I mean, he's got his rash guard on. He's got his he's got his board shorts on, man, and he looks really good. I'm not kidding you. Got his blonde hair with his you know highlights, and he's looking good for a nine year old. He's walking out of the condo. Stu goes, "Man, that's a sweet board." He goes, "Thanks." You know, and he, I mean, he's, he he is playing the part, man. What is this? This is a sermon. Oh my goodness. There's got to be a law. We gotta. We can't be calling this stuff sermons. I mean, this is just. We seriously, we should create our own little board or something like that and send this guy a citation. Right. <laughs> Find him every time. Fi- fi- you know, we're we're fining you for impersonating a pastor. <laughs> you know, right. practice self help. You know, yeah. psychology. Oh man. So we get out to the waves, and I'm like, "Hey, buddy! All right, let's go. We're out there." First wave, he goes, Dad, I don't need you to help me. I don't need you to push me in. I'll do it myself. I said, okay, man, get on the board. He gets on the board. It's like, what's the matter with this board? It's like, nothing. How come I can't stay on it? Because you got to bounce. You know, with all this buildup, this point better be good. Oh, I, mean, I know. I, <laughs> it yeah. better be drop, you know, drop you on the floor good. You know, I'm going to want my money back, even though this was free from his podcast. Yeah. Balance it. Well, I didn't have to balance it last year. I know, but this one's different. It's a different board. I don't like it. I don't like this board. And Larry took the first two waves. He was done. He carried his board in. So I'm done. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> See, when he got what he wanted. What is the deep spiritual lesson here? <laughs> okay. Wanted. He realized it was going to be a lot of work. I had to go up. Sit on the beach with him. The, the, the point was, it was going to be a lot of work. <laughs> Didn't get what he wanted. Immediately. I hope yeah. he's still got a point in this. I hope yeah. he's, this is just the mid, mid section. Well, he, I mean, remember, it's it's been like 10 minutes yeah. since we've had any Bible. But, I mean, if you can call it Bible, what we got here, it was... I'm going to have a talk. I said, buddy, you're not going to... You're not going to get on the board the first time and be a, be a champion surfer. You're going to fall a lot. I said, look at me. <laughs> Just watch me for a while. You'll see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. He goes, yeah, but, but I, I, I didn't think it was going to be this hard. I said, I know. But it's, it's tough to, uh, to accomplish a dream. And I know that probably for him, the last couple... <laughs> That's the message of the sermon. There's the point. <laughs> yeah. Accomplish a dream. It's tough to accomplish a dream. <sighs> Good grief. Yeah. Well, weeks he had dreamed about riding the waves, man. He he thought he was going to ride pipeline, man, or something. I mean, he was going to be perfect. Sometimes we we don't like it when we get the dream that we want. Poe was now going to be this dragon warrior. 
But he had no idea what, what it was going to entail for him. He, he's back to exegeting the movie. Oh. <laughs> this is smooth. Oh, oh my man. goodness. You see, when he first found out he was going to be the dragon wire from Oogway. <laughs> How does he do it with a straight face? I don't know. <laughs> see, when he found out he wasn't going to be the dragon wire from o- Whatever. Are there really people in this congregation look at him the whole time? Go, oh, I bet yeah. you. You know what's funny is, yeah. is I bet you there are people who've got like the little sermon outline and they're writing in the notes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, I gotta write that down. Uguay <laughs> <sighs> oh. was a turtle. Um, he had no fighting skills. All the other warriors hated him. His Kung Fu instructor, Shifu, wanted to try to get him to quit because he didn't believe in him. He was despondent, and so he walked away and just tried to find a place to medicate. (laughs) What is this? You said you wanted a stinker. You provided. Oh, my goodness. This is relevant, man. Kung Fu Panda just came out on DVD, dude. I'd be happy being completely irrelevant if this is the definition, what defines relevance. Oh, man. Well, hey, man. <laughs> this guy is expertise in this movie, man. Oh, there, this, is the, this is the deep spiritual meaning. Can't you see it? You know, it, it was kind of funny. This is, a, is this intended to adults or is this like for this is all a, ages? This is, well, this is, a, you know. It, all all yeah, ages yeah, kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. As I was going to make the point, like, I've got a lot of friends that are under 20 that would listen to this stuff and be like, this is completely the most inane stuff I've ever heard in my entire life. Right. Why are people do like, this This isn't, if they're trying to reach, like, a particular demographic like they are in, in these types of things sometimes, they're, they're failing miserably. I mean, they get, like, maybe, a, like, you know, you can get, like, 4,000 in a building or whatever. Right. There's people all around the world that, doesn't, that, that don't like this stuff. I've got friends in, in England right now that probably listening right now that are um you know just just this is stupid i mean oh this is a sermon this is the yeah. best that relevance has to offer come from relevant church you can't get more much more relevant than that all right i, I <laughs> stopped breathing because i was laughing so hard at that last thing <laughs> let's see what happens here you see Poe's medication was what food he medicated with food because if he didn't get his dream, if he didn't get his way, he went and medicated. And all of us medicate with something when our dreams don't come true. A relationship goes bad. And sometimes we medicate with Jack Daniels. Sometimes we medicate with Valium. Sometimes we medicate with pornography. But we medicate somehow, some way. Sometimes we medicate with work and we just become a workaholic. You see, Poe is depressed. This is what is this? Here comes the moralistic therapeutic part. Yeah, I mean, this chiming right in. Yeah, th- therapeutic part yeah, for sure. Definitely. Master Uguay found him up on top of a hill, stuffing his face with peaches, and uh, he walked to him and he says, "I see you have found the sacred peach tree of heavenly wisdom." Poe, with his mouth spewing out peach juice, is like, "Oh, is that what it is? I, I just thought it was regular old peach tree. <laughs> I was just having some peaches." He said, I understand you eat when you're upset. He tried to deny it, but Uguay persisted. He wanted to know, and finally Poe confessed. He said, I, 
I probably sucked more today than anybody in the history of Kung Fu. In, in the history of China. In the history of sucking. I was terrible. In the history of preaching. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Ugwe agreed. Yeah, probably. Both said that the other fighters, the Furious Five, they totally hate me. How is Shifu ever going to turn me into the dragon warrior? I'm not like the five. I don't have claws. I don't have wings. I don't have venom. I mean, even Manus has those, those thingies. Maybe I should just quit and go back to making noodles. His dream was pretty much done in his mind. Uguay told him, he said, Poe, quit. Don't quit. He really is exegeting this movie. This is terrible. <laughs> this is. <laughs> oh man, you a couple more minutes, and I, th- I think I'm gonna have to call it quits. Yeah, I, do y'all I, have I, any aspirin around? Here? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> noodles? Oh, hey, don't noodles. You're too concerned with what was and what will be. There's a saying: yesterday is history, and tomorrow is a mystery. But today is a gift. That's why they call it the present. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Find me a candle light. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Did he get that off of a fortune cookie? Dude, Marianne, what's her name? Williamson or something? Oh, like man. Eckhart Tolle, that's who's, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. No. Grief. Don't don't bother looking for biblical truth here. He promised <laughs> us biblical truth, and he's just exegeting the movie and throwing in fortune cookie sayings. Oh. <sighs> kind of interesting. You see, Poe ate because he was anxious. He ate because he was worried. He'd been given a task and he had no idea how he would ever meet it. He had something to become. But the obstacles that were in front of him seemed too great. And he was worried that he may have made a bad decision by giving up the noodle business of his dad. Master Uguay had some pretty practical advice by saying, <laughs> you can't worry about the past and you can't change it. And you can't worry about the future because it's always just out of your reach. But you can concentrate on today. Where's the problem in any of this? <laughs> um, this is, I have not. What, did, what, what did we have here of the Bible? Like we had like what? Like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's like nothing here. I mean, it's like you try to look for it. You try to, you know, give us an argument. Yeah. Give us something from the Bible. Here I gave you a pink computer so that you can have access to (laughs) Bible Gateway. Right. That hasn't really been (laughs) necessary. I didn't even, yeah. One verse. Well, yeah. Yeah. It really taken out of context. Terribly taken out of context. Mistranslated. One verse badly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's continue. And there's a deep biblical principle that we have in that nugget. Of information. Really? Okay, I can't wait to hear him pull this off. <sighs> the deep biblical principle here. <laughs> Hang on, folks. This is going to make you go. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me sit down. Yeah, hold put up. your seatbelt on. Yep. You got the helmet? Yep. Okay, yep. here we go. <laughs> About our dreams. Because, guys, I'm going to tell you, things happen in our lives that completely rock our world. Things happen in our lives that we don't understand. 
And we can, we can look at them and we can go, I, I don't know, what did I do wrong? Why did that happen? And we can worry about it. And we can worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Or we can decide that today, I will make today count. And I will make today matter for God. That's the deep biblical principle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Underwhelmed. Wow. Wow. That's a long road to hoe to get to that <laughs> yeah. How far are we in? Yeah, oh, we're, we're almost done. We're 24 minutes and 54. Minutes. Yeah. How, how long are the sermons just It's said? about 32, you know. And I will do everything I can do today to live right inside of God. I'm going to do every, inside of other I'm going to do everything to live right. Mm. Moralistic More law. More law. therapeutic deism. Yeah. Other people Because if we're ever going to accomplish our dreams, we're going to have to forget our past. Because some of our past... Because God really, he just wants you to accomplish your dreams. Uh, I think the only positive thing about this is that it is 32 minutes instead of 60 or longer. Right. (laughs) Got to keep those, yeah. It's very hard. It's quite sordid. And most of our futures are uncertain. Except for those of us who know where we'll spend eternity, but... The part in between now and eternity is... Now, pulling in the eternity card, mm. no repentance, no... If you really if you really believe that you're going to be spending eternity with God, you want to share that message with others. You don't want to sit there and, you know, explain RoboCop for him or something like that. Just, <sighs> Does this even qualify as church? I would say no. You know... No, this is ridiculous. I mean, this... Where two or more are gathered in your name... I mean, yeah, where, where are they gathering in his name? They're not even... They're, They're gathering in the name, name of Kung, Kung Fu, Fu Panda. Panda. What is that? <laughs> yeah, Jinx, you owe me a soda. So. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's quite unclear for most of us. So I get to choose to live today in light of who God is, in light of who I am with him. And you haven't spent any time explaining any of that anywhere in this sermon at all. <laughs> Many of us get bad news. If you get bad news from your honesty challenge tomorrow, some of you will want to just quit. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you give them a real honesty challenge? Tell them how they're sinners. You know, exa- have them examine their lives in light of the Ten Commandments. Mm. You know, they don't love the Lord their God with all their heart. Don't love their neighbor as their self and explain all the different ways. Just speak honestly to them. I can just like just say from, you know, kind of being in this environment for a while myself, like um, this kind of preaching like, you know how you joke around it saying, you know, it'll convert you to atheism? Yeah. If, whenever somebody actually, they're trusting this guy to, to feed them what is Christianity. I mean, right. even if they don't know it, you know, like they don't, obviously don't know exactly what it is or they would leave. Right. You know, but they're trusting him. And whenever they do find out, if they ever were to go to the scriptures and find out what it was, do you realize what kind of backlash that would be? Like oh, in their right. own life? I mean, yeah. Just well, being burned. I mean, the studies show that the average amount of time that somebody spends in these type of seeker-sensitive churches is about two and a half to, to three years. Mm. And that when they leave, their number one complaint is, is they feel like they're not being fed. Mm. And, uh, folks, I mean, this guy's supposed this guy's a pastor. He's supposed to be feeding people God's word. He has spent more time exegeting Kung Fu Panda. And himself. And, and his own life. Right. And, and God's word made a cameo appearance in this in this movie of sermon of his, and you'll notice how we've that little yeah, yeah, smooth. Yeah, like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, and even then, it wasn't even the real Jesus because we were preaching the message. Mm. Paraphrase. Yeah. 
So it was somebody dressed up like Jesus. Oh, somebody in Jesus drag. Oh. Well, let's, let's see if he can pull this out in a couple minutes. You see, when the, uh, when the Furious Five were honest with Poe, they told him, you don't belong here. You don't deserve to be here. You don't have any of the skill base to be here. We have worked our whole lives for this, and you don't belong here. And he believed him. I feel so bad for Poe. <laughs> Luke chapter 9, verse 62 says, anyone who... Oh, we've got a verse. We've got a verse. Hang on a second here. Verse alert. <laughs> Luke, <laughs> we're all scrambling to pull it up in our Bibles. Luke chapter 9. Do you say verse 62? I don't know. We need to go... I, I it's it. the last one. It caught me off guard. I yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, my goodness, a verse. Here it is in the ESV, the uh, the English Sanctified Version. Um, Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow, this is going to be all law, no gospel. This is going to hurt. Here we go. One who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back isn't fit for the kingdom of God. Here it comes. Matthew six thirty five says, so don't worry about tomorrow. Two. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. It's interesting that in the Bible, I, I began to look up all the different times where, where the word today is used. Do you realize that the word today is used from the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament, talking about God and his relationship to his people? If you look at the children of Israel, when manna began to fall from heaven, it was enough for today. And that's what they collected was today. And God said, don't worry about... Unless it was the Sabbath the next day, because then it would be today and tomorrow. Mm. He left that little part out, by the way. Mm. Yeah, 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 if you, technical. Yeah, if, if you, <laughs> back in, you know, when Israel was in the wilderness, if it was the day before Saturday, Saturday was the Sabbath, mm. uh, on Friday morning you had to collect... If, you, if an omer of uh, manna was what you needed for one day, on Friday you had to collect two omers. Oh. Okay, and yeah. you had to prepare it all on Friday because you're not allowed to work on Saturday. Mm. Okay. Tomorrow. Worry about today. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. And what does that mean? <laughs> what does God's grace have anything to do with here? Is it about me achieving my dreams or the forgiveness of sins? Today, it matters says in the new testament today is the day of salvation oh okay well and why do i need it because exactly. i'm not achieving my dreams because like poe i self-medicate with food like uh the question i don't know if you ever heard the story from sprule he said he was eating lunch one day in a supermarket or in a setting and they said um uh what guy came up to him you know brother are you saved and he looked at him and he said saved from what uh-huh. And he said the guy just looked at him and didn't know what to say. He just walked away. Right. And it's like what? whenever they say use this terminology, you're saved, are you saved, are you saved, you just look at him and say, saved from what? Right. You know? Can you say the wrath of God? The wrath of God. That's exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah. Saved from God's wrath. Yeah, it's coming. Right. I haven't heard anything about that. I just heard about God wanting me to achieve my dreams and how I need to focus on today. Uh, today. Not tomorrow, not next week. Today. <clears throat> See, Paul, when he stopped worrying about everything and everyone else, he became the most unlikely hero from the most unlikely village. He was the most 
unfamiliar looking hero that anyone could ever imagine. Remember, he had no claws, no venom, not even the thingy things like Manus. And he was the dragon warrior. He was the one who would end up inevitably rescued. <laughs> <laughs> Just go see the movie for church instead. Yeah. Jeez. Skip church and just go see the movie for heaven. If it's got that much spiritual insight and he's given us a very little amount and you could just go to the movie and get all you want. You can get more. What's that? Seriously. You know, rather than go to the church, just grab the DVD, get it from Netflix or Blockbuster or buy it at Walmart. (laughs) And rather than go to church, just pop that sucker in and, you know, at the end of it, have a little prayer. Yeah, that's it. (sighs) Feeling them. From this enemy that had plagued the village for centuries. Oh, an enemy. <laughs> it's kind of interesting in, in this sense. He, he mirrors a, another person in the Bible. Who was just the son of a carpenter. And Oh, so Poe is the son of a carpenter. The All right, the, this is, uh, let's see what he does with this. Okay. <laughs> from a no-name city called Nazareth. Who happened to come from the clan of... The king of David. He actually came from a pretty important family. With no credentials other than what he said. Uh, no. He, he was the son of David. Oh, my goodness. Without formal training and without even the backing of his own family. Without formal training. He was God in human flesh. <laughs> he wasn't qualified to do anything because... Good And yet when no one else could help the world that was plagued by evil, he too became an unlikely hero. No one else can help the world? All of us are mired in sin. This reminds me of that McLaren quote you did yesterday where he talked about Jesus is just like some guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same, you know, he, he, you know, know, he's he's God incarnate. Right. It's God in human flesh. <laughs> the Just, maker of he- yeah, yeah. heaven and earth, direct descendant of King David. He'll sit on the throne of David forever. Uh-huh. So he, Jesus doesn't exactly have a bad pedigree. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. His name was Jesus. You see, in Mark 6, Jesus says he left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogues, and many who heard him were astonished. And they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? I mean, he's just the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe him. Just like the panda. (laughs) Because he didn't have claws and venom and... John 7 says, after this, Jesus stayed in Galilee, going from village to village. He wanted to stay out in Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death. But soon it was time for the festival of shelters, and Jesus' brother urged him to go to Judea for the celebration. Go where your followers can see your miracles, they scoffed. You can't become a public figure if you hide like this. If you can do such wonderful things, prove it to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe him. Jesus was the most unlikely Messiah of the day. What does it mean? But it didn't change the fact that he was the Messiah. And what does it mean? What does it mean? (laughs) We're getting to some biblical stuff here. I just, where are we going to land? Even when he himself was distraught about it in the garden. 
He fulfilled his destiny. And because of that, we've been set free. No, he fulfilled the law perfectly for us. <laughs> he fulfilled his destiny. <laughs> he dreamed as a kid of being the Messiah. I mean, right. <laughs> he, that was his dream. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> From our sin problem. Sin problem. Can you give us any explanation of what that even means? I'm, I'm impressed he said sin, honestly. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> and the people in the church are going, what does sin mean? Let me look it up in my Oxford English dictionary. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> I, have no but I do see iPod. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That Poe had a dream of greatness. No. <laughs> no. We were just on Jesus, and now we're back to Poe. Oh, uh, apparently, the whole point of that is that Jesus was a nobody who fulfilled his destiny and <laughs> solved our sin problem for us. And now we're back to Poe. But didn't realize this potential. Like Jesus. Jesus was, was God incarnate. Did he realize his potential? God in the flesh. And no one believed him. Uh, no, actually, there was a lot of people who believed in mm -hmm. Jesus. In fact, John the Baptist prepared the way. You know how John the Baptist did it? Repent! <laughs> For the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent! That was his, yeah, that was, the, that was the message that prepared the way of the Messiah, was this crazy guy who eats locusts and honey and wears camel skin out in the middle of the desert of Judea at the, in the Jordan baptizing people. And when the Pharisees came to him, he says, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the from the flames of hell you know can you imagine like the apostles doing this like going in the time that they were in like going having little uh sermon not illustrations about the roman coliseum and all that kind of stuff no. like they was they wouldn't have done it they, like, they didn't they, do it they spent their lives with jesus and they obsessed on him and wanted to teach people what he said exactly hi yi he was the most unlikely person to ever accomplish anything no. No, he won't. <laughs> <sighs> you missed the point. Uh, remember that part about rightly dividing the word of truth? Yeah, he hasn't really studied to show himself approved. He must go back to the master and learn. Uh, yes. And yet here we are, 2,000 years later, still speaking his name. Why? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Adventures in missing the point. Oh, <laughs> we still talk about Houdini, too. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. Oh, we we talk, talk about Caesar, you know, and oh. Genghis Khan. We still talk about him, you know. <laughs> he was the most unlikely Mongol ever. <sighs> That's an unlikely hero. <laughs> My question to you today is Here, here comes the cell. Here, okay. Okay, here it comes. Right. Here it comes. What is God calling you to do that you're afraid to do? What? <laughs> what is God calling you to do that you're afraid to do? This is the punchline? This is the punchline of the whole sermon. This is it. He's this taking it home here, man. This Bring is it home. Selling it here. Sell it. Come on. What is something that you have dreamed in your heart of doing that you won't do? No! 
in your heart, which is deceitfully wicked above all things. Which... You know, when I was growing up, the punchline was always repent of your sins, come up here and receive, you know, and, right. you know, and receive forgiveness. Now it's what are you what is what are you afraid to do? <laughs> Have you ever always wanted to take that trip to Hawaii? What is it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't have claws and you don't have venom you don't have those things <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you don't have claws and you don't have venom oh my. <sighs> silky smooth so you're stuck under a peach tree <laughs> Medicating. <laughs> oh, man. Instead of working hard at what God has called you to do. Really? Oh, my goodness. God, help us to see you in a really big way. Help us to see the fact that when the people around you, even your own family, didn't. I think he's praying. You knew what you were called to do. And you stayed the course. And because you stayed the course, even in the midst of your own personal crisis going on in the garden, we have hope. You know, Pelagius of the Pelagian heresy didn't believe that uh, man became sinful in Adam. And instead... uh, Adam just set a bad example for us and that we can make a decision for God and all we have to do is follow the example of Jesus. This guy has reduced Jesus to nothing but a Kung Fu Panda example. You know, the unlikely hero Jesus who showed us how to do it by staying the course even in the midst of adversity. To realize your dreams. That's what it's all about. There's the part. There's the Therapeutic part. So this is not the biblical God. This no. is not the Christian this is message. Not Christianity. It is not. It's I don't not know what this is, but it's not Christianity. No, not in the least. All right, we got forty-eight seconds left. I don't know if I can hang on, but we'll try. <laughs> hang on. And we are redeemed. So God, I just pray that you would help us to help. realize what it is that you want us to do. Help us to, and what you want us to accomplish, and help us. To walk in your way. In Christ's name. Amen. Oh, I thank God that's over. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled a stinker. I asked you for one. You, you, you found you it. Said, you said, oh, Chris, if I'm coming on your show, can we really do a bad sermon review? Like, you got it. Wow. There it is. I'll be up studying late tonight with plenty of aspirin. <laughs> that was, that, uh, wow. next, that is almost as bad as the theologians for your noggins. So. Oh. But uh, that, that was the Kung Fu Panda sermon. Jesus, the example of somebody who just lived a day at a time and fulfilled his mission from an unlikely <laughs> tribe. And we, that was wow. Because you know, just learn what God's dream is for you. And so, what movie is next? I can't wait. <laughs> I, I'm afraid if I do no. one too oh, soon, man. my audience yeah. becomes suicidal. Oh, yeah. No. Awful. Yeah. I can't awful. listen to something. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to pull it back and not do so many of these. Yeah, no, I understand completely. So, well, there it is. You know, Lane, thanks for coming in and helping to review this sermon. It makes it it so I don't feel like I'm so crazy. But that was not Christianity. Not in the least, no. You know, folks, uh, let me help out a little bit here. Um, If you're going to use analogies and metaphors like that, bring it back to Christ. Okay, here's the deal. Christ is our sacrificial king. Okay, 
And it's not that he set an example for us of how to persevere in the midst of adversity. He actually persevered in the midst of adversity for us. And uh, he was God in human flesh who came to earth literally to live a perfect life under God's law. And his perfect righteousness is offered to you as a gift for free from God for all of the sins that you've committed. Why? Because you are a wretched, rotten, dead sinner. You lie, you cheat, you steal, you commit adulteries. You are a thieving, rotten, covetous person. And believe me when I tell you that God's wrath is going to be revealed against all of this behavior. And that day could come tomorrow. For you, it could come the day after tomorrow if you step off a curve and get hit by a bus. And the reality is, is that Christ atoned for all of your sins and propitiates God's wrath for you. And he's offering you salvation purely as a gift. Repent of your wickedness and trust this good news. And you will be saved. Believe in Christ. Put your faith in him. And he can be trusted. And he can be trusted with your salvation and with your whole life. This, you know, this is what this pastor needed to focus on. Instead, it was about living your dreams. Folks, if you do, if you trust in Christ, I guarantee you, you probably won't live your dreams because God has a funny way of calling you to things that you would never think about doing, including martyrdom, death, suffering, and other things and persecution. I can't promise your life will get better. In fact, I can guarantee for some of you, it's going to get worse, Right? you know, <clears throat> but our hope is in the resurrection and Christ himself is going to return someday and we will see him face to face. And when he comes, because he has satisfied God's righteous demands of the law for us, we don't have to be ashamed in his presence. Amen. That is the biblical message of the gospel that's offered to the hope for the hope of the world. Not this stuff. Mm-mm. Not this stuff. Anyway, folks, if you would like to email me or, you know, and I can, or you can email Lane. You know, yeah, you can, bring him on. <laughs> yeah, you can email me at talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. If you want to email something to Lane, you can, I'll forward it on to him. You know, yeah. he's on Facebook too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, look, I've got friends on Facebook now. So uh, you can do so at uh, talkback at uh, fightingforthefaith.com. That's talkback at fightingforthefaith.com. Until next time, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs>